What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Steel Summit Podcast. I'm here every week talking to people doing big things in the world of indoor climbing. Today's guest is Justin Brieski of Lit Climbing. Justin has developed an interactive digital hangboard that uses some pretty advanced technology to bring you a whole spectrum of data about your strength. Justin walks us through his story of developing the Lit hangboard, explains its features and functions, teases some future enhancements, and much more. So without further delay, here's Justin Brieski of Lit Climbing. Cool. So you have made something pretty interesting that I'm interested in talking about. Uh, what is sort of your background that got you inspired to do this and got this idea kind of brought to life? Yeah. So um, back in 2017, I bought a house and one of my big requirements for eating a house, was I wanted a place that had a lofted ceiling so I could put a rock wall in. Um and when I was, you know, figuring out how to do a rock wall, I didn't want to do taping and I have like a terrible memory just for like a spray wall. Um, and I ended up making my whole custom electric wall where all the holds are backlit with LEDs. And that way I could set routes dynamically by lighting them up. Basically what, you know, kilter and kind of uh, the moon board and stuff do now, but the entire holds light up. And I also made them so that they were touch sensitive. So instead of having to use an app to make your routes, you would just touch the ones you wanted on. Um, and that was just for my own enjoyment. Um, what made me able to do that is I went to school for electrical engineering and I've been, you know, futzing with electronics for you know a long time um, and made lots of random little things. So it just seemed like a fun project to do. And then like a year or so later, I thought it would be cool to make it into a hangboard. Uh, I didn't have a hangboard at that time. So I thought, you know, I'd just make my own. And then uh, as part of it, I thought to add load sensors so you could uh, test your strength and stuff like that. Uh, and that was back in 2019. Uh, I made I made the first one. And it was this huge thing out of a big uh, three-quarter inch sheet of plywood. Um, I don't know. It was almost five feet wide, I think. So like, you know, you could do like huge shoulder spans to like, I don't know, I thought that'd be a great idea for some reason. It I'd rarely used it, but it was a huge mess and that, you know, all the wires and everything were just hanging off the back. Um, but it was a great proof of concept in that it worked. Um, and one of the big like benefits or like interesting things with the hangboard is that it senses your force on either side which means when you're hanging from it, it can differentiate your left and right hands, like the balance between where your, your force is going. Um, and that first one worked incredibly well. And it was later on that I had to figure out why it worked so well, because later prototypes when I was trying to figure out all this stuff didn't work that well. Um, How many versions of this have you been through so far? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I wrote a timeline <laughs> down. <laughs> if you want me to like kind of run through that. Yeah, sure. Um, I think that could be, I mean, I think it would answer a lot of the other questions too on how I got into it and um, all of that. Uh, so they said the original rock wall I made for my house is in 2017. Uh, for that, um, I thought it'd be a great idea to make all these LED rings. So like I can show you on the video, but uh, basically it's just, you know, it's a small donut shape. Uh, I don't know, inch and a quarter or something diameter with a hole in the middle for the bolt, um, you know, to attach the climbing hole can go through. And 
the ones that the, the the version of this, the very first one that went into the rock wall for my house, um, they were incredibly simple and they all got epoxied into the wall. So like I built the entire, it's three, you know, full sheets of plywood. And I think it's 207 or something in these little rings that I put into it. Uh, and the wiring was a huge nightmare and it took months to make. Yeah. And it was, it, it was a much bigger involved project than I originally thought it would be. Um, and one of the huge issues with, with it, besides some problems in the ring design, well, fundamentally, since the rings had problems, once they got epoxied in, it was permanent. You can't take them out. Yeah. You know, they're, they're solid in there. So I had ones fail over time. And then even like when I first turned it on, some of them just didn't work. Um, turns out these little LEDs are incredibly sensitive to moisture mm. uh, when you're making them. And if they're, uh, once you go to solder them, if there's any moisture in them, I think you have like three hours from opening the bag to being done assembling. And if you take too long, they can just die. Um, so there's a bunch of them that don't work. And I couldn't do anything about it. And it, it still drives me crazy because it's still like that. Uh, so for the hangboard, when I th thought I would redo this, I was going to use the same rings, but I decided that it needs to be modular. And my first idea was to cast the individual rings in epoxy so that you still have a nice solid smooth surface for it to you know like fit into the hangboard or the wall. Um, and that way, if any of them break, you could take them out and replace them. Uh, it turned to be turned out to be incredibly difficult to cast the epoxy without it getting all messy. Um, and then the new ones also had little connectors. The original ones were just directly soldered with wires. So these you could pop out and the epoxy just loved to fill the connectors. So you couldn't plug them in anymore. Um, but yeah, so that worked. Originally I tried to do it with Bluetooth because that's just seems convenient. You know, you want to connect to a device, use Bluetooth. Turns out Bluetooth is, I mean, I'm sure everyone's experienced it pretty flaky. Uh, also you can't send a lot of data. It's not particularly real time in that, like it's intermittent. So like when I was trying to do stuff like graphing, you know, data and getting real time feedback from the app to the hangboard, uh, it just didn't work. So I switched to Wi-Fi, which is what the hangboard currently uses. Um, it connects to your, whatever network you have set up and then your phone, you know, it's on the same network. Um, and then it just talks to it over that, which is pretty uh pretty fast reliable so people can get these set up in their house pretty easily as well mm -hmm. just yeah hook it up to your wi-fi and it's all good yeah if you buy if you buy one of these um when you first plug it in it sets up a little hotspot, and then you connect it with your phone and then you tell it like hey this is my wi-fi this is my password whatever and then the hangboard will connect to your your wi-fi and then uh your phone will talk to it through that um yeah so the, the first ones i made two in the wall all, i did everything by hand i used um you know, it's like a Forstner bit to drill holes and then like chisel a lot little pockets for all the all the LED rings and the wiring. And it took forever and it turned out really bad, like lots of chip stuff. It was all torn apart. Then, well, I kind of at the end of 2019 at Halloween, we had a party at our house and I, I had a bunch of friends over who were all climbers. Um, and we, they all went down to my basement where I had the hangboard and we started screwing around with it to see, you know, who could hang on to the thing the longest or who could pull the most force. Um, because one of the great benefits of having the load cells and being able to measure the force on the hangboard is that if you want to see how long you can hang from a 20 millimeter crimp, especially if you're by yourself, you're not like trying to start and stop a timer with your toe or something. Um, or, you know, watching a clock and just like estimating or like when the you know timer's at 10 seconds, that's when I started. Um, you just hang. <laughs> 
and it knows exactly how long you hang for. So we were doing, you know, we had a bunch of people all messing around with that and it was a ton of fun and seemed like a thing that, Hey, maybe I could actually make this a real product and people would want to use these. Uh, so then I started looking into like the things that have to change. The original one, I mean, it was really ugly and huge, but it used off the shelf loads, uh, load cells, which a load cell, you know, this is the one that's in the current hangboard. Um, they're typically aluminum. They can be anything, any kind of metal really. Um, but they're just a way that measures force. So like a bathroom scale has a bunch of them in there. Um, like four, usually one in each corner. And when you step on the scale, the way they work is you bend the metal ever so slightly and there's strain gauges, which is underneath this, um, silicone that can measure that little bit of flex. And that, you know, basically you can take that and translate it into the force on the load cell. Um, so the original one I used was off the shelf, these big, big aluminum bars that I think are like 40 or 50 bucks each. So it was like $200 of the load cells in the hangboard. Um, which like, you know, wasn't a huge deal for making one, but if you wanted to sell these and do it, they would be, you know, thousands of dollars for the hangboard just cause they're so expensive. Um, so my first thought to try to fix this, you know, make it cheaper was to use the bathroom load cells, which are the little, like, they're like, uh, about an inch square and they only can be pressed down. So if you imagine you, your scale, you have the four little feet, when you step on the scale, all the force is just straight down on the feet. So they're easy to use for that. And usually like, if you look at the bottom of the scale, the feet are just like floating little pieces of plastic. Um, they can't handle any side loads because they're just not designed for that. Uh, there's no way to attach something to them. So my original design, I would be like, well, I'll use these bathroom scale uh, load cells. And I thought to handle the like lateral forces, you know, when you pull on the hangboard, you're not only pulling down since the hangboard is attached to the wall, you're pulling out, the hangboard wants to fall out. Um, so to handle that, I had these little V grooves and wheels that like it would slot into a channel so that it would hold it. But it turned out to be like way overcomplicated. The, the V grooves and wheels just weren't strong enough to handle the forces when you're like wailing on the hangboard. Um, yeah, it was just, it was kind of a mess, but it was, it was a nice size. It was great in that you could actually mount it on a wall. The other problem with the first one was that you had to attach it from behind. <laughs> so I have like a hanging thing that I, put in my basement, you know, just so it could like, I could screw it in from the backside. So it was like no big deal. But if you wanted to mount it above a doorway or something like that, you couldn't. Uh, so the new one has like the mounting plate that you attach and then the hangboard attaches to that, which is how the current new one works as well. So I really like that idea. I mean, it was kind of a requirement. I went into then in July of 2020, I started designing my own load cells, which was a whole interesting experience because if you look at these things, the whole idea is that the bar is going to bend under load and you're going to be able to measure the bend. Um, and my original design was these really stubby, just straight aluminum bar with no holes and stuff cut out, just holes for mounting it. And I could measure the force, like when, you know, I'd put it on a bench and I could flex it and I could see that it was bending and I could measure stuff out of it. But when I would put it in the hangboard, it just did really weird things and didn't work how I would expect. So I started looking at, you know, other load cell designs of commercial ones. And that's how I ended up with the current one, which it's about a three and a half, four inch bar with four big bolts for mounting. And then in the middle is where all the magic happens. And there's a little bit of like a dog bone shape where there's two holes that are connected with a thin channel. And when this is in the hangboard, two of these bolts are mounted to the wall and two of them are mounted to the hangboard. 
and it's pulling down, which causes the bar to bend in an S shape. So there's a strain gauge here on top of one of the like ends of the dog bone and a strain gauge on the other end. Um, and when it bends, one of them compresses and one of them expands. And that's what you measure. So this design worked really well. It's great in that once it's bolted to the wall and the, you know, the hangboard's attached to it, you can pull on it all you want. Like, you know, these are pretty solid bars. So you're not going to yeah, break think them in break half. That. Yeah. yeah. And like that, you know, then the hangboard doesn't move either. Like the other one that you could, you could shift and feel a little play and it just kind of felt chintzy. You're like, I don't really trust this not to yeah. fall. Um, yeah. So that, that took me a little while to figure these out at that time. Oh, well actually, so I figured this out and got these load cells working. But then I had a problem with the hangboard shape. Um, so the hangboard has a load cell in each corner where it mounts to the wall. And technically, you would only need one on each side, but you can't really have it secure and do that. That was the, one of the issues I had with the, the one with the V wheels. I was trying to you know, use less load cells. Mm -hmm. And that design was kind of a trapezoidal shape because it just you know, was the smaller version, the silhouette of basically where the holds go. And I think it was something between that shape and the placement of the load cells being too far in. So sometimes your hand would be on the outside of them instead of always on the inside. Mm. Uh, it was doing just really weird things when I was trying to get the math to work out for figuring out the balance between your left and right arms. So I ended up doing another prototype, which was now to the rectangle shape that it is because I used the same idea as the original one, right? The original prototype that worked really well for this was a giant just rectangle of plywood. And at this time, I was still using just off-the-shelf holds. And it was then I started to think about, you know, what do I want if I'm going to sell this? I need to get like a pack of holds together to be like, you know, the base holds that you know, you'd, that you would cover most cases you'd want, you know, like some slopers, maybe pockets, crimps and stuff. So my initial thought was to use Technic holds. I've used, you know, I have some of their, their holds on my wall. They're like in my experience, some of the most basic holds, like fundamental, like you think of a crimp, like the Technic crimps are like what you think of because they're just like a flat little ledge. Um, same thing with like slopers. They had some really basic, just it's a sloper hold. It's not trying to be like, look how fancy I molded this rock outside and now it's supernatural. And this is, you know, like yeah. getting all clever with it. And I found a handful of their holds that worked pretty well. And that's what I used for a while. I reached out to them and they actually never got back to me about it. Uh, I didn't try that hard after I had thought about it, um, or they didn't get back to me initially to you know maybe make a hold set and be the supplier for them. But once I started thinking about it, I realized the holds for a hangboard are very different from the holds you'd need for a wall. Obviously, when you're holding it, they're very similar. Uh, but when you're getting holds to set routes on a wall, you want that hold to be good for one reason. Right, you want it to work really well as a crimp, and that's just what it needs to do. If it, you know, you have a little crimp, and all of a sudden, if you grab it from a different side, it's a jug, then you're going to ruin your route. You can't set how you want the route to be set. But for the hangboard, you want each hold to be as useful as possible, right? So my plan was to maximize utility. So I started thinking of what would be the ideal holds, and you know, the, the obvious one is the double-sided crimper. So like on the standard set of holds that come with the hangboard, you get two 20 millimeter and 25 millimeter crimps. And one side is 20 millimeters and you flip it over and the other side is 25, which is great, right? You're doubling the number of crimps you get just with the same little piece of plastic. Um, I also made the sloper, like when you're using a sloper, you're only using the top half. So the bottom half I turned into a three finger pocket 
And then the jugs are set up so that if you flip them over, it's like a 45-ish degree sloping ledge. And then the pinches are also double-sided or like 90 degree offset, uh, 80 millimeters and 100 millimeter pinches. So you get a narrow pinch and a wide pinch. And it also allows for other things. So like not in the standard set, uh, but other ones that I've made are like sets of pockets where you can have a mono, two finger and three finger pocket all in the same hold just by rotating it 120 degrees. And then obvious progression sets. So like you can have sets of crimps where, you know, you go five millimeter and 10 millimeters on a hold, 15 and 20 millimeter. I guess I do 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, uh, 35, 40, no, 30, 35. And uh, that way, you know, you can work your way down the crimps. Uh, And I did the same thing for the pocket sets. So you can, you know, get smaller and smaller pockets as you want. And since the holds on the hangboard are just climbing holds, you can take them off and put different ones on for whatever you're trying to uh, accomplish. So it doesn't just work with your holds. You can put whatever you want on there and it'll measure the force you're pulling Mm -hmm. on them. That's, that's cool. Yeah. So like, um, the original idea was, you know, use whatever you want, you know, uh, the problem. Well, so two things, you can use whatever holds you want. The bolts are the same as you'll find in any rock wall. Uh, I forget what it is, like five sixteenths or something. They're just standard bolts. So, I mean, you might need a different length bolt. Um, but usually, you know, you can buy them with the holds. The only thing that you have to consider if you want to swap one out is if you're buying like a colored hold, you know, like the opaque ones that are used at gyms all the time, you won't be able to see the light coming through. Uh, but hold manufacturers will pour undyed holds for you. Hmm. So I didn't like, know that. my rock wall um, upstairs, I bought holds from Soil and Technic and both of them poured undyed holds. So they're the translucent. So are you pouring the holds for your hangboard yourself or are you getting those made by somebody? I'm, I'm pouring them myself. So once I started doing these designs, uh, oh, and the other thing that, you know, you don't find really on holds that aren't made for a hangboard, they're, they're not symmetrical usually. Um, so even like the most basic jug I could find from Technic was still slightly, you know, mm-hmm. lopsided. And I think a lot of them, you know, people shape by hand or most, if not all people shape by hand. So I didn't do that. I designed them all, you know, in CAD and then, um, I used my CNC to cut the foam out and then made the molds using the foam. So for anyone not familiar t- to make holds, you generally start with some like sculpting foam, um, cut it how you want for your original positive and then use that to make a silicone mold of it. So you have a negative and then you pour polyurethane into that to make the actual holds. And by making them myself, I can, you know, have full control over whatever shapes and styles I need for the hangboard, but also I can do them incredibly accurately. So again, for walls, people, you know, it, it doesn't really matter because if you have one hold, it's, it's what it is. You know, you're going to set your route with that one. You don't need them to be all identical or exactly this depth and all that. Um, so when they come out of the mold, there's that top surface that was, you know, exposed to the air or whatever the top of the mold is. Um, and it's rough. So you got to do something with it. I, I believe most holds, I just, you know, hit a belt sander with them to clean it up, but that turned out to be incredibly difficult for me to control the depth of crimps. So when I say it's a 10 millimeter crimp, I don't want it to be 11. I don't want it to be nine. And that's what I was getting when I was hitting it with my belt sander. So instead, now I actually mount them onto the CNC and mill them to like, you know, within a tenth of a millimeter accuracy for what they're supposed to be, which is, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's actually a uh, 
a hold company I just saw. They're launching. They're in Israel, but they launch in May in the U.S. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called Cosmic, but they're the first that I've seen that uh, I believe they 3D print all of their holds. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So they're they only have four lines right now that I see on their website, but uh, I think that's definitely a future for holds being able to. I mean, the the math that a computer and those machines can do like building shapes and everything. I think that's going to open up a lot of things that humans aren't capable of with their hands and some foam. Yeah. I mean, that's basically how I did it too. I mean, a lot of my prototypes, so the, the sloper pocket one, when you look at the hangboard and you see it, I think now you look at it and you're like, yeah, obviously that's how you would design it. That's like a sloper with a pocket in it. So, so like natural, but that took me a lot of iterations. I think I was probably at like 12 and I kept 3d printing them to be like, this is how it feels this is what it looks like in real life, you know, the scale. And like, I just have a regular 3d printer, you know, uh, that just prints PLA, the regular, you know, like hard plastics. So they're not great for climbing holds. I mean, they're strong enough to where you can hang on them, but the PLA is really, um, slippery. It's not like the poly- textured polyurethane thing that you're pouring. Um, but it was great to get that feel from the computer to like real life to just get the idea of like, Oh, my fingers actually don't really fit in this pocket. They need to be a little wider. This is too shallow or this looks super ugly. What what kind of texture did you get on your holds? The hold set that you have, is it, uh, the ones I'm pouring? Yeah. The ones that you're making yourself for the, like for the board themselves, is it, uh, did you aim for a kind of a softer on the hands texture or Mm -hmm. is it a little more grippy so you can hold on better? Uh, it's like kind of somewhere in between, like if you've ever been to the gym, you know, you have brand new holds and there's like, they destroy your hands. Yeah. Um, they do have texture because it's made with the foam. Like that's why you use the foam is uh-huh. to get the little bubbles. Uh, but the foam I used is pretty dense. So the texture on it is fairly minimal. Like even when the holds are brand new on the hangboard, they're, they're pretty gentle in your hands. Um, well, people aren't really moving across them. Like yeah, a lot of yeah. the gym holds where you've got people smearing their feet and hand, like everything's moving across the hold and kind of, they're constantly being pulled off and washed. And so I think mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with the texture loss there. Yeah. But they're, they're a very nice texture. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to describe without actually, you know, just feeling them. Um, and a lot of people will, will see like plastic holds on a hangboard. Oh, I need wood because they're going to ruin my hands, which like, you know, wood is nice. And if you're going to do it a lot, maybe that's. I don't know. I've never had problems with the holds on here destroying my fingers, the skin on my hands. Um, I have had like the holds on my wall that I bought from So Ill uh, that are, you know, pretty new still, even like that I've had them for years just because they don't get, you know, taken off and washed and all the traffic and gym wood. Like they're very rough compared to the hangboard. Um, so like I wouldn't necessarily want that as a hangboard material yeah. um, or texture. But yeah, I'd be surprised if someone really had issues from this do you see this kind of getting applied over to the training walls as well i mean like this technology being i I think there's a lot of like some kind of benefits from like u.s national team aspect things like that where they're actually like diving into the data and really trying to hone in the best climbers as it is right now it definitely is good for get like gathering all of that data on all like everything Mm -hmm. it does but i think it uh, maybe could be applied to some of the bigger boards as well. I don't, I don't know if the, like, I guess the technology behind the board itself, if there's room for it or how it could be all manipulated to get in there together. Yeah. So the, I mean, I sometimes get asked this a lot. Um, if the, like how, how exactly it measures the force. So I talked about the little load cells and the entire board is suspended. So 
it measures the force on the board, not the force on each hold. Um, and there's like a decent amount of math that goes into figuring out when you're on the holds, how much force each arm is applying. So it's not each individual hold that detects the force. It's knowing which holds you're touching and where they are and some other calibration stuff um, to be able to figure out how much load is between them. So for a rock wall, which I've obviously I thought about doing this since that was my original, you know, product yeah. <laughs> project that I did. You can have all the touch stuff so you can, you know, time yourself, know exactly when someone is at certain points in the route, which holds they get to how long they were at these and the touch sensitivity is typically good enough to go through shoes. So it can even tell, you know, which holds you're standing on. Yeah. So there's definitely applications for that. So when you've got the, the holds are adjustable, correct? Like your hold set, you mm -hmm. can just turn it. If you want, I saw there's a little key that kind of magnets to the side. Uh, does yeah. the app register that you've moved the holds to a certain angle or is that just on you to track yourself and then kind of measure that against what the board's recording? Yeah. So, I mean, in the current state, um, the only ones you'd really turn, I mean, the, the only one that has an angle that wouldn't just be, you know, the setting for the whole like 25 or 25 millimeter would be the pinch, you know, if you want to do different angles mm -hmm. of that. Um, it's the, the board doesn't know what holds or what angle the holds are at. Currently it, it assumes that you're using the standard setup, but I do want to have that as a thing in the future where you can be like, Oh, I moved these holds around to these bolts. Oh, I'm using a custom hold here and maybe even track like this is at whatever degrees. Uh, I do want to build into the app that you can just use your phone, like line it up against the pinch. If you want to be like, Oh, this is 60 degrees. There you go. Lock it down. But most of the holds are, you know, the crimps, you just flip them one way or the other. Uh, and then the app, you can tell it when I do my workout, I can say, Hey, I want to use a 20 millimeter crimp. And then when you get to that section of your workout, I'd be like, make sure this is at a 20 millimeter. And then, you know, if you need to swap it to 25, it'll tell you to do that. Cool. And I guess you're not really specific on getting these into houses or gyms. They're really applicable to both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty incredible what you've done with these things. It's uh, I th definitely think the crossover of tech and climbing right now definitely getting big i think a lot of things are coming together that uh people are gonna have to keep up with because i mean a lot of these gyms that have built out over the last few years are starting to find ways to get some of the they're having to take things out there mm -hmm. take, take things out that are currently in there and get stuff like this in there because well and there's like it's it, you know you hear this and the most obvious thing is when you hear force on a hangboard you know is to measure your crimp strength right that's like the most obvious metric to try everyone's kind of thought of like, how strong are my fingers but with this interesting combination of the sensors and all this, or, you know, the, the touch sensors, the load and all the stuff that goes along with it, there's so much you can measure that you don't even think about really measuring now. Like I just watched this video by, um, I can't remember the guy, what the guy's name is, but I, I was watching this video the other day about contact strength and how, you know, that might be an important metric for people bouldering or, you know, just climbing in general which is the idea of how much force you can, or, you know, generating force in a small amount of time. So if, you know, you're going for a big move and you slap the hold, how can you hold on? Uh, can you, gen, you know, generate quickly? And they were, you know, talking in the videos like, yeah, it's really hard to measure this. There's like no real standards and no one really knows how to do this well. I'm like, oh, I could super easily do this on the hangboard. Uh, it can measure the force 80 times a second. So like you could get very accurate data on how fast you can, you know, hit a crimp and generate a solid amount of force. And you could, you know, find out, oh, in the first 
tenth of a second of hitting this hold, I'm able to generate 80% of the force that I normally can. Uh, and you could see the, you know, the exact force curves that you're able to generate when you hit it. You can also do stuff. So one of the things that took me a long time to get working well was a ton of math behind pull-ups and dinos. So with force, if you've ever taken some basic physics, you can use force to figure out your acceleration, which then you can figure out your velocity, which then you can figure out your position. Uh, and if you can have little enough air for all of those, you know, it's somewhat reasonably accurate and minimizing that air is what really, uh, took a long time for me to get right. But now it, it's surprisingly good. And now you can do something like, you know, you, you do 10 pull-ups on there and instead of your workout telling you, Oh, you did 10 pull-ups. Good for you. It doesn't have any, you know, metric of the quality of those, but with the hangboard, it can tell you, you did 10 pull-ups and in that you went 20 vertical feet. And you can see over time, you know, usually if I'm doing pull-ups, my first few pull-ups have a huge amount of power involved and then they taper off. Usually, you know, that you can, then you can see your peak height for each one. So you're like, oh, I actually was doing complete pull-ups for all of them, but they slowed down. I wasn't generating as much power. And by power, I mean, it can literally tell you how much horsepower you're putting out as you're pulling through it. And then same thing for dinos. If you want to just do like a, you know, you're hanging and whip a dino off it. It can tell you the maximum amount of horsepower you're putting out, the peak height you reached and you know how long it took and all that kind of stuff which i don't know how else you could measure <laughs> yeah so you can really get it a different different idea you know explosive power versus just static crimp strength like you could do with weights yeah i mean that's uh, i think definitely useful information to have i think uh i mm -hmm. mean it would suck to come down and tell people you're worn out and then they look at the app and they're like <laughs> i don't think so buddy you still got yeah <laughs> plenty left in the tank yeah exactly but yeah i mean that's uh Pretty crazy. So you're taking pre-orders right now. Mm -hmm. How does that? Uh, yeah, I get get the first uh, first batch going. How exactly does that work? Do you have a website, email? Yeah, litclimbing.com. Uh, you can do your pre-orders cool. there. Awesome. Yeah, I went to. Uh, we're uh, we were supposed to be open with our gym in January, and it all whole bunch of nonsense happened. So we're hopefully building out in the next month or two. But we. Uh, oh, cool. We have a kilter board dead. It's only a little 5,000 square foot gym. Uh, so mm -hmm. the right side is all rope walls. The left side is bouldering walls and dead center. We have a big 12 by 12 kilter board, but they built a frame for the kilter board to hang and adjust off of. Mm -hmm. um, and that frame we got, I think it's like seven or seven hat where wherever a standard pull up bar is. Um, they put us bolt holes to mount something there for training, either a pull up bar or something like that. So, uh, I'm talking to my partner about trying to get something like this put in there so that we can just have that one space and have people over there utilizing that. Cause it's yeah, kind of awesome. Uh, I was looking at putting a pull-up bar or a hangboard or something. And it's like, I've never really been, I mean, I know hangboarding is very useful, but I think something like this provides me a little more value than just walking up to a blank wooden hangboard and hanging on it. Just, I'm not yeah. really like the, uh, I'm not chasing a higher grade at the moment. Uh, I, I just enjoy climbing. So I think this is definitely something that brings a little more attention and a little more flair to the old boring, just sitting there holding on to something. And like, you know, as you say too, I, I am not the most amazing climber. So like, I mean, I'm, I'm decent, but like, I don't need some kind of crazy training program to get better. But biggest thing is just climb more. But what's cool with the hangboard even is, I use it mostly for benchmarking. Like, you know, am I actually getting stronger? Can I hold more with my fingers now? And in the future, what I'd like to be able to do is build out these standardized tests 
Uh, so right now all the tests you can do, and like there's, there's a lot of them to benchmark, you know, pinch strength, your lock-off strength, dyno power, how many pulls you can do in 10 sec or a minute or something like that. But I want to have, you know, a standardized set of tests that anyone can do in, you know, 30 minutes or something. And then with enough people doing this, it will become obvious to be like, hey, your finger strength is great, but really you're, you're lacking on your lock-offs or you're lacking on your power. And if you perfect this, you should be able to climb two grades higher than you're currently climbing. Um, so to be able to give those insights to people who, you know, even aren't using the hangboard for necessarily just training purposes, but for testing and learning what their weaknesses and strengths are is really, uh, one of my end goals. What do you need to mount this? Any specific like, uh, structure? Uh, yeah. So it's actually the, the current one is it's super easy to mount. Um, if you go to the litclimbing.com page, uh, there's a manual that talks about mounting, um, and the dimensions and stuff like that. But basically the hangboard is two main pieces. There's a half inch sheet of plywood that has embedded hex nuts in the back. And you just bolt that onto your wall just with screws or whatever that work for where, you know, what you want to mount it to. Um, and then the hangboard itself just bolts onto that. Okay, cool. So you could use anything that a hangboard is currently on already yeah. and just kind of take the hangboard that's on there yeah, on and put be. this yeah. right up there. Mm-hmm. You just need to make sure that you support the corners. That's the biggest thing because that's where all the load comes yeah, from. That's... Um, you can't just like put a screw in the middle and hope it holds because then the whole board will flex uh, as you're pulling from the edges. But, you know, if you have it against a, a wood-backed, you know, wall or something. Do you need a uh, any no specific power? It just plugs right into a wall like normal? Uh, yeah, good, good question. So one of the... One of the big changes or, you know, big things I strove for with the new designs, um, because I went through seven iterations of the main control board <laughs> to get it to where it is now. Um, and the original one that I made, I was using just off the shelf electronics um, before I moved all to the custom stuff. And I was using a five volt power supply, which is fine, but you can only really get like a couple feet <laughs> of wiring. Uh, so I had to change that in the new one. It takes a 24 volt power supply and we, it, it comes, you know, it comes with it, but with the higher voltage supply and, and the board deals with, you know, regulating it down for the LEDs and stuff, which was a big part of the challenge of designing it. It's 16, no, it's like 15 and a half feet between the power brick and where it plugs into the hangboard. So like if you're going to mount it in a doorway or something like that, it's very easy to, you know tuck the little tiny wire around the edge of your door and plug it in wherever you need to. Um, or in a gym, it's easy to, you know, I think the total length of the cable in is close to 20 feet. It's like 18 or 19 feet, you know, by the time you have a little power brick and then another three foot cable for your outlet. Uh, so yeah, very easy to get power for. Cool. Yeah. I hope this thing takes off. I think it's pretty cool. Are you working on any other iterations or are you kind of just sticking with this for now and starting to focus more on marketing and getting it out there? Yeah, now now that I finally can start selling them, the biggest thing I'm working on right now is getting the iOS app done, uh, and then it'll be all the features and stuff in the app to go with both. Um, so basically, it's like my third-ish rewrite of the app. <laughs> you know, each time it's getting better and better, uh, and this time it's cross-platform, so it'll work on the iPhones. That's that's the current. Are you developing that yourself? The app? Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's got to be. Tough. I mean, I. It's it's a lot yeah. of work. I mean, it's it's <laughs> a lot more than you would think. I mean, apps. You know, you kind of. I feel like apps often get a like bad rep for being like low hanging fruit or something to make, um, but writing a good app is yeah. so much work. Oh, no <laughs> I mean, there's websites you can make cheap ones, but if you want a real functioning yeah. app, it's going to either cost some money or some time or 
both. Yeah, they're both. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's the big thing. Um, Our POS system actually is doing some new interesting, uh, they're progressive web apps. I don't know if you know what those are, mm-hmm. but uh, it's interesting. It's like a, you just go to their, uh, like the portal where we, where you check out and everything. You just go to that and uh, like on your iPhone, you would hit the button in the bottom middle of the browser where it pulls up a list of uh, all the actions you can do. And you just hit add mm-hmm. to home screen and it oh, pops it up on your home screen. It makes an icon, actually makes an icon with our gym logo and name and all that stuff. And uh, it just, it mm-hmm. pulls up like an app. It, like, I guess it works through the internet, yeah, but yeah. there's no browser uh, bar or anything on there. So uh, it's just wild what they're doing. Like I said, tech and climbing are crossing over heavily these days. So it's really interesting yeah. to watch and see. And that's where I'm, that's where the whole, I guess, idea for this show is. I just went through a opening a climbing gym and it was a nightmare of figuring out <laughs> all the products that are coming out every day of the week that I'm trying to make decisions. And I'm like, oh, well, mm-hmm. we just went with this board, but now there's a new board they're releasing next month. And I don't like, it's just, it's wild at the moment trying to figure yeah. it out. So I figured it'd be a good thing to start at least organizing it all in one place. Well, it's cool. Awesome. Well, uh, it was good talking to you. I'm going to go ahead and get off started working on it. I got to get something to eat me today. I'm starving. <laughs> but Sounds good. Yeah, well, thanks for having yes, me Yes, sir. Thank you. I'll let you know when this is all coming out. I got to do some just little minor editing and put all the shows mm-hmm. together. So appreciate the time and uh, talk to you again soon. Yeah, of course. Pre- all right. Well, have Thank a good you. One. Have a good one.